Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. You are in the gymnasium on this Saturday morning, the 20th of May. Hopefully you had a great week and weekend's off to a good start. We'll be talking about the Rays, what they need to do to get back on track after a couple tough games against the Mets. We'll be talking about the playoffs, the NBA and the NHL playoffs. The number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com will get you on the show with an email. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, If you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865 800-291-2865 800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865 Now, now, back to the show Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show On Power 90.1 Welcome back sports fans The Rays back home this weekend Against the Brewers Good to be home, get some home cooking And get out of uh, New York up there We had played three games against the Mets And right before that, four games against the Yankees on the road for three against Baltimore. So it was a a long road stand. We finished six and seven. People were saying, well, we're starting to play good teams. The wheels are coming off. And now all the naysayers like they always do. However, if you look at everything, we lost the last two games to the Mets, three to two and eight to seven. So we lost by one run in both of those games. Against the Yankees, we were able to to win two out of four up there. We scored eight runs, eight runs again, six runs and um, eight runs. So we put some runs on the board. Typically, though, what happens is that we don't put runs on the board and we lose some of the close games like we did on Thursday. Thursday, we lost 3-2 to two to the Mets. Uh, Pete Alonso, hometown Tampa boy down here, homered, and um, the Mets beat us 3-2, to two, which gave them the series win. First um, time that they put consecutive wins together in a month. I'm talking about the Mets. Anyway, you're not going to win all the games. And I think that what you need to do is look at, you know, what happened, why we didn't win that game. And, you know, the game before that, our bullpen kind of let us down, which you don't see all that often. But in the, the last game, what happened was that in the order, their batting order, Hitters four through nine were O for the day. Now you're not going to win too many games when that's what happens in your lineup. Now it was just a fluke, so I'm not really worried about it. But you do see some Rays fans saying, "Oh, here we go," and and whatnot. So you know, rest assured, it's a long season, like we talked about so many times before. If somebody were to say to you on May the twentieth, the team is going to be 32 wins, 13 losses, first place at the American League East, would you be happy with that? Of course you would. I would, you would, and every other race fan would be thrilled with the fact that we have 32 wins already. So looking at the lineup, 
you go up and down, and of course you got the injuries. Glass now, he's going to make one more rehab start and then come back uh, up here and start to uh, play. And again, when you get McClanahan and when we get um, Glass now, we have Eflin. We do have some concerns from a starting lineup. But other than that, you know what? Just keep on playing the game. It's a long season, like we talked about, 162 games. If you look at what's going on with the team, you still have Yandy Diaz, who's having an unbelievable start to the season. He's batting 321, slugging percentage of uh, 593, on base percentage of 429. He's got 10 home runs. Unbelievable. Uh, Rosarina. 10 home runs as well, 36 RBIs, averaging 317, I believe, going into the weekend. Uh, now, Franco, all these guys, Franco's now 292. Uh, so if he wants chipping in like we talked about last week and there's no reason to sound the alarms and uh, get everyone up in arms about you know, what's going on with the Rays. So I'm just saying hang in there and... You've been, if you've been around baseball long enough and followed whoever your team may be, you're going to realize that there's going to be games when the pitching doesn't show up. There's going to be games when the bats don't show up. There's going to be games when both those things happen. And there's going to be games when they both show up and you route the other team. And, you know, we've had all of those so far this season. And we're still head and shoulders above a lot of these other teams. I believe we're three and a half games ahead of anyone right now in the American League East heading into the weekend. And I think that if you look up and down the lineup, uh, I'm not sure you can complain about someone. How about Jose Siri, what he's done the last couple of days here? He's, he's putting on a show and glad to see him out there doing what he's doing. Taylor Walls with a huge hit, Grand Slam the other day, Josh Lowe. You know, you have Paredes with a, a home run to be able to uh, give us a victory. And of course, we already talked about it, Rosarina, Diaz, Franco, you know, all those guys. So again, it's a team effort. We win as a team. We lose as a team. And it is only May 20th, guys. So it's going to be a long season ahead. So I don't think it's time to be negative yet. Hang in there. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. Pickleball Training Simplified is the Ernie. The Ernie holds 150 balls and shoots 10 to 65 miles per hour. Controlled by your smartphone, the Ernie has 24 pre-programmed drills that you can customize. The future of pickleball training is here. Go to the ErniePickleballMachine.com for more information. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Train, win, repeat with the Ernie. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show. Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. How about the playoffs? The NBA and the NHL full tilt now uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals in uh, both the NHL and the NBA and the hockey. If you if you followed it this season, you start off with 16 teams in the playoffs. You had Boston, who was a one seed. They got knocked off in the first round by the Panthers. Out West, the defending cup champion, Avalanche. They uh, got knocked off by the Seattle Kraken. So it's down to four teams right now. You got the Carolina Hurricanes, 
Hurricanes, Florida Panthers in the East, and the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights in the West. Well, where's all the Northern teams? I thought hockey was a um, Canadian and, and Northern United States team. I guess not. It's all over, right? So we do have those four teams left. First game of the Eastern final was Carolina against Florida on Thursday night. What a game. I'm not sure if you're able to stay awake for it because it went till almost 2 o'clock in the morning. It went almost 6 hours. It was in 4 overtimes that um, they were able to win. When I say they, the Florida Panthers were able to take game 1 and the score was 3-2. to two. Like I said, it lasted almost 6 hours just go figure. Four overtimes is like playing over two games. So they play two full games in one night. Um, Matthew Chakir had the, the winning goal for the Panthers, and they went back and forth. And it seemed to have, you know, no ending. If you're watching it, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make the whole thing. Tried to watch it, but ended up falling asleep. You had Seth Jarvis scored on a power play for the um. Pa- um Carolina in the first period. Then you had Barkov uh, scoring in the second, along with um, Carter Verhey for the Panthers. And then the Hurricanes scored Stefan Nelson on a power play in the third period to tie it all up. So if you look at this game, it was, I think, the sixth longest uh, playoff game in NHL history. So the season is... The playoff season is fully underway. You're going to have the uh, game two being played this weekend along with Vegas and um, Vegas and Dallas playing in the West. So we're going to have very shortly here the finals, which I think is the most coveted trophy in all of sports. I think it's the hardest one to get to. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 877-448-7901. Is it tougher to win the NHL Stanley Cup? Or what do you think? Baseball? Football? Basketball? Which cup, which trophy is the hardest to win? Love to hear your comments on that. Then we talk about the NBA playoffs. We've got four teams left as well in the NBA. We're going to talk about the Lakers playing the Denver Nuggets in the West. That series is a 2 nothing with Denver having the advantage after winning game two in that one on Thursday night. Um, if, you, if you look at that series... Uh, I think you have a Denver team which knows they're good. They think they can win, but I'm not just too sure that they're able to have that confidence to carry through all seven games that is going to probably go in that Western final. And then, of course, you have the Lakers who had a, you know, in a play-in tournament and they were able to go out there and, you know, knock off a couple teams and get to where they are right now. So you have LeBron. Is the, the question is, is he over the hill? Do you think that LeBron is being asked to do too much in the Western finals? Um, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he is. The, the Lakers go the way that Anthony Davis goes. So you have someone, the torch was passed earlier in the playoffs this season, in my opinion, 
And I think that right now you still have a Braun who can get up and down the court. He can make some great defensive plays. Uh, his, you know, he can rebound and whatnot. But when it comes down to scoring, he just doesn't have the legs. Thirty-six years old, just doesn't have the legs there in the fourth quarter. And he's going to have to rely on some of the other players to be able to carry them. If you think that the first two games were interesting, you have, of course, you no know, Nikola Dodic for the um, Denver. Uh, Murray out there. Joel Kitsch is unbelievable. He was the MVP the last two seasons uh, until Embiid dethroned him this year. But he's out there. He can do it all. He's making... Um, uh, uh, he had a triple-double, I believe, 30, 20, and uh, 15. First time since... I think it was Chamberlain and maybe Jordan had done it one time, but he's got some records there. He's the real deal, and the team runs their offense through him. Games three and four are going to be uh, today in Los Angeles, and then on Monday, the Lakers have to win both of them, and then you'll have an epic game five uh, back in Denver on Wednesday. So see if they can take care of business. I'm not sure if they're able to. I think that if you have a team, when you see LeBron guarding uh, Jokic in the paint, it's, it, it says to me that he's not ready. You can't count LeBron out and the Lakers, obviously, until they're actually out. Now, does Denver have too much firepower and, you know, going to put the put the uh, nail in the coffin in this series? It's possible. It's quite possible, but you never know because uh, Denver, they haven't done it yet. So until you do it, you don't have that blueprint of doing it. So I do look for the Lakers to win game three today, and then uh, I think game four is going to be uh, the biggest game in the series. We'll see what happens at that point. And then you have, in the other side, you have the Miami Heat led by Jimmy Butler and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics lost the first game 123 to 116. That was up in the garden. So the Heat did their job, no matter what happens in game two. Miami did their job by taking the home court advantage away from Boston. Um, when you look at Boston, that's a team that I really... Uh, you know they're, they're a streaky team. They're just like their best player, you know, Jason Taylor. And I think that if you look at Jason Tatum, he really, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He's 51 points, I believe, in the final game seven against the Sixers, uh, which carried them to this point right now. And then he doesn't take a shot in the fourth quarter of game one. How can you do that? How can your best player, I think he only touched the ball maybe you know, 13 times in the whole quarter. How do, you not, how do you not take a shot in the fourth quarter? I think he only took four shots the whole second half. You have Jalen Brown. He looked like he never touch the basketball sometimes when he's out there and other times he's you know lights the world on fire along with Marcus Smart now Marcus Smart was a defensive player of the year uh, two years ago why isn't he on Butler 
know, shutting them down or at least trying to shut them down. I don't think anyone is going to be able to completely shut Jimmy Butler down, especially in the playoffs. But why don't you have Marcus Smart out there on Butler, making him work more and, you know, maybe keeping him out of the paint? If anybody on that Lakers team can do it, I believe it is um, Marcus Smart. Now we get back to you know, Tatum. Yeah, I mean, 51 points is great to get your team to win the game seven and get to this point. But you can't have a down game like that because every game at this point matters. At a Bayou for Miami, this this team has bought into the system. And that's why Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. He's not afraid to go out there and rattle the cages of anybody on that team. And that includes Jimmy Butler, by the way. There were times this season when he called him out for whatever it might be, and Butler, being the professional that he is, responds by leading his team on the court. He's not out there flopping around trying to take offensive fouls like you see some people um, in some of these other games. It's really gone to the point where I don't know how you can be a referee in the NBA right now uh, with all these guys falling all over the place. And it's really, really pathetic at some times to see what they're doing. But Butler's team believes in what they're doing. And they have total total faith in Butler's leadership ability. Who's the leader on the Celtics? Uh, well, you can say it's Tatum. I mean, maybe Jalen Brown, but no, it's Tatum. So the team's going to go as Tatum goes. You have to be able to want the rock in the fourth quarter, Jason, if you're going to lead your team to victory. So it, it's going to be a good series. I see this one going well, six or seven games as well. And we'll, we'll see what happens. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. We'll be right back. When we come back, we have a special guest uh, interview for you. And you're going to enjoy it. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. That's 800-331-3981. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the show, you know, the Jimmy B Sports Show, the gymnasium. As you know, guys, we usually talk about and focus on football, baseball, NBA, hockey with the lightning down here, some local high school and college sports. But today we have a special guest, someone who is one of the best at their sport, an ambassador to the sport, a sport which, by the way, is the fastest growing sport in the country. We're talking about pickleball, and we are honored today to have professional pickleball MVP Lee Whitwell join us to help us understand a little bit more about the sport. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thanks for taking the time out of your hectic schedule to be with us today. My pleasure. Any excuse I have to talk about pickleball, I am all in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, absolutely. We understand that you are the goat of pickleball. Is that true? 
Well, you know, some people say that there are definitely better players out there and more, you know, I came to the game mid, you know, I, I came to the game early, but not as early as some. So for those that call me that, I appreciate it. But uh, hats off to the to the original OGs that are that have been moving that needle and pushing the sport forward and helping it grow. Uh, spoken like a true GOAT, no doubt. So I, I guess the first question, legend has it that you got your start in pickleball over a case of beer? I know that the listeners would love to hear that story. That, that would be uh, correct. My, my good friend, Lisa Palsik, had asked me to play in a tournament, and I originally said yes because I thought it was tennis, and then she said, it's not tennis, it's pickleball. I was like, well, forget it. Why would I play a sport my dead grandma could play? <laughs> I tried to convince me every which way, and after about 20 minutes, she gave up, and she's like, oh, listen, I'll buy you a case of beer, my final offer. And I'm like, you could have just led with that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Great story. So, uh, yeah, I didn't know the rules. I didn't know anything. I went and played and had an absolute blast. And as you say, the rest is uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. We have to know what kind of beer was it. Oh, you know, it was it was a case of Coors Light. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I, I, I can I will sell out for nineteen ninety five. We know your price now. We know your price. Oh my I mean, gosh. I had one I didn't realize it was that low <laughs> what a great story what a great story for people that don't know you you have a, a background in tennis that's where you got your start with the racket sports uh, tell us how that started and how, now the transition to pickleball what was it like playing tennis and then going to pickleball you know, I was I was very much a tennis purist, you know, and um, loved tennis. It was my my first love, and you know, growing up, I played basketball, volleyball, tennis, table tennis, badminton, you name it. And uh, you know, tennis, tennis and volleyball stuck the longest through my teen years, and then tennis edged, you know, sneaked ahead after college. And um, when I started playing pickleball, probably you know, it was very cavalier at the beginning, mm -hmm. where I thought. I mean, I, they used to pay me to hit tennis ball, so um, I can hit pick a ball, and I can hit a pick a ball harder than anybody can. So I'm just going to blast my way through the, through this. Um, come to find out that you know people in pick a ball also have reflexes and can block the ball just as well. So that didn't work. Um, but and it's you know I think the hardest thing was was tr um, embracing the differences in the sport and really working on those differences as far as like for example the soft game the third shot drop working the angles in the soft game to set up the point um, a drop shot in tennis is normally a winner or the ball comes back and the next ball is a winner right and, and pickleball your drop shot is the setup is, is the, the cat and mouse chess game that you're playing mm -hmm. so it was really just embracing those differences and, and sort of owning them and not getting frustrated with them that's that was probably the hardest thing and i think most tennis players have that same issue coming into pickleball i see so many tennis players making the transition or, or playing both honestly but uh the ones that do come over and play you can always tell when they're out there and they have that tennis backhand and they they have the same type of um maybe not the soft game and angles that you need for pickleball but they have some of the basics i know my wife was a uh, tennis players in high school and college and she's making the transition and um, I think what you said about finding those angles and being able to go out there and it's a whole new sport so although there are some similarities I would think that there are some uh, some nuances that you have to be aware of as you're out there playing. Oh, 100%. I mean, at, at first glance, it looks like a tennis, you know, it looks like a, a cross between 
you know, badminton, table tennis, and tennis on a smaller court. And as tennis players, we can come in going, yes, this is easy. It's an easy game. Uh, but the more you play, then the more you get into it, you realize that for as many similarities, there are way more differences. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what's your favorite part of pickleball? My favorite part of pickleball, this is going to be an answer that probably no one expects, is for me, it's having a front seat at the growth of it all and seeing how it's affecting people's lives in a positive manner on a daily basis. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love competing. I love playing pro tennis. I love pro tennis. Did I say that? Yes. Pro pickleball. <laughs> um, you know, I love, I love everything that I do professionally in the sport. But um, what keeps me coming back is seeing how this sport changes lives on the daily and it's the one sport that has managed to break through every barrier right there's very little barrier to entry um like i've always said that you have one working eye and your dominant hands okay you can play pickleball true Uh, it's for literally for everybody and it's it doesn't discriminate against age race religion color you know sex um blue collar white collar political affiliation Everybody goes out there, and it's, it's become this huge backyard and this this social fabric that's been woven amongst communities and how it's brought communities together is fantastic because, I mean, let's face it, as adults, the hardest thing for adults to do is to make friends. And I always say, if, you know, if you're new somewhere or you're going through something, pick up Pickleball because you'll go down to your local parks and uh, you'll end up with 300 friends you didn't know you needed or wanted. That is so true. That is so true. There's all different levels from beginners, um, intermediate. What's your approach when you're teaching pickleball? I know you do a lot of coaching as well. Yeah, and it's it's, um, it's understanding where where people are at, right? Um, like for, for the for the longest time, and and this is a really horrible explanation, but this sport started in death, and we're lowering, slowly lowering that age group, right, down to the junior pathway, and we're lowering that, and we're, because there's no junior pathway, there's no collegiate pathway, and we're slowly building all of that, which is fantastic, so, you know, when you're teaching, a lot of the people that you're teaching are older, and may not have come from an athletic background, and and for me, it's very important to be extremely situational and, and meet everybody where they're at and understand what your restrictions are, what your goals are, and make every lesson relatable to you and not have a one-size-fits-all because it, it, there is no one-size-fits-all. And, and you'll see progress a lot faster in your students as, you know, once you realize that you've got to approach everybody differently and give them different analogies and see what sticks. Right, so it's not one uh, fix for everyone. It's everything is um, specific, person specific, I suppose. Right, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've taught an intro class, you know, a complete beginner class, and I always start by asking, you know, why are you here? You know, what got you into pickleball? A lot of it was like, well, my knees are bad. You know, I can't, I can't play tennis anymore. I want, you know, I, mm-hmm. I still want to be. Active. I'm trying pickleball. Other people are like. My neighbor did it, told me I should start. And, and sometimes with, with some older females, they'll tell you this is the first time they're being active because Title IX didn't exist. Right. That's a great, so, that's a great point. Yeah. And, it, and, and as adults, what, you know, when we're, we're t- adults are terrible learners. We, we, we're very terrible at trying something new. We don't want to look stupid. We're self-conscious. All of the above, right? And yes. it's, it's people feel at ease in, in getting them comfortable and, and, you know, showing them that they, they actually can do it and, and 
kind of get rid of that self-conscious behavior. Well, you see people of all ages playing, like you said. You'll see someone 85 playing with a 17-year-old, and that's what makes it fun. You get to meet a lot of new people, and as you play against different people, you learn to play different ways, different styles, which only improves your game, which makes it our guests more fun, which is the ultimate goal. Absolutely. I mean, I just saw a, a friend of mine who plays pro posted that his son was looking for a 3.5 doubles partner and his son is 13. He has partnered up with a 75 year old man and they're playing <laughs> weekend, and that just warms my heart. Wow, that's awesome. What do you look for? Speaking of doubles partner, when you're playing doubles, what do you look for when you're playing doubles for a partner? Um, definitely complementary styles, right? Um, we our, our games need to complement each other, and because I'm left-handed, I tend to play on the right side of the court, and my partner being a righty, we play on the left, so both forehands are in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you definitely want to play with somebody who's comfortable playing one particular side of the court that you're not comfortable on. Um, and then, honestly, yeah, chemistry, camaraderie, it's got to be fun. We want to we want to fight hard. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's not about it's not about the medals. It's not about anything other than the memories. And you look back and you go, wow, we fought hard. We had fun and I can't wait to do it again. Yep. Um, but having said that, I did play with a 16 year old last weekend. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And he's left-handed, so I did play on the left-hand side for the first time in a very long time, which is weird, but uh, I had a blast. No, and, and, you know, and he's proof that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pickleball 49, and he was he just turned 17, and um, we had a blast out there. It's uh, it's just so much fun being able to compete with, with people that you actually like on the court. Well, that is the fun part of pickleball, no doubt. Going to the other spectrum, um beginners when you're teaching or what are the three biggest mistakes that you see beginners making late uh three biggest mistakes the first one would be rushing the shot right they, they feel like they don't have time so they will go and rush through the shot very fast because they need to get ready for the next shot mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the process and executing that process correctly because the better your process is the the, the better the result um, second of all, it'd be like rushing to that kitchen line. A lot of people think they've got to get there right away. And I mean, if you hit a really good third shot, 100% get there as fast as you can. But if your third shot's not that good, you know, you've got time to work your way in. You don't want to hit a ball, you know, for an overhead to your opponent and then rush in. You're just going to get killed with the ball. So a lot of it is recognizing whether the shot is is good enough to move in or do they need to hold back for, for the next shots. Um, No, I think that's a great point. And that's something that it actually takes a while to learn because you're taught when you're on the playgrounds or on the municipal courts here that you hit the ball and you come to the court, serve and stay, uh, return and run to the line. And so many times you run to the line and all of a sudden the approach shot wasn't what it should be and you're going to get tattooed with the pickleball. So I, I think you have to pick your spots, right? 100%. 100%. And, you know, and it's like, it's funny. It's like my, uh, my women's doubles partner loves to drive the third ball when it's the right ball to drive. So I'll blindly go in because I trust her shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes she misses the ball and I walk right into the firing zone. And I'm like, well... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that happens, right? That happens. Well, that's awesome. Um, so let me ask you, say you have 15 minutes to practice, you're on a tight schedule. What are the things that someone should be able to go out there and work on if they have 15 minutes or a half an hour? What do you recommend? 
uh, definitely the soft game, you know, really embrace that soft game. It, you know, and if you have, if you have somebody else that you're practicing with, get, get out there and, and work the soft game and, and maybe some reflex volleys. Okay. Uh, if you don't have somebody and you have the luxury of a ball machine, then, you know, you can definitely set up uh, a ton of drills, two, three, four, five ball drills that you can work on multiple things at once. Um, but honestly, it's just pick the one thing that you're struggling with and go out there and practice it so that you own it. And then you can move on to the next thing. I'm always a fan of the plus ones, right? As soon as I got down, let me add an next layer. And they got that down, add an next layer. So you can plus one, minus one thing. So they become very chewable and very attainable. Wow, that great, great answer. That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. Listen, thank you for your time. I mean, I don't have any other questions at this point. Hopefully, you'll be turned to the show and answer some more questions as um, we're going to be getting some emails with beginner questions, intermediate questions. We have some high-level players in the area down here. If you're ever in the Tampa area, let me know. We'll get a case of Coors Light and I'll go play some pickleball. You know, I will have you, you, I will be on the show as often as you'd like me. I, I love to talk about pickleball. It's my passion. And I will definitely take you up on the case of Coors Light and Pickleball next time I'm in Tampa. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lee. Have a great day. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hope you enjoyed that interview. I want to thank Lee Whitwell for being a, a guest of the show and being a fan of the show. When she's down here, I will let you know, and we can possibly get together and do some um, pickleball drills and play some games and have a, a tournament. I'm throwing some ideas around, uh, but I'd like to know, we talk about pickleball, one of the fastest-growing sports around. Padel is another uh, paddle sport that is uh, coming here to the area that's uh, fastest growing in Europe I guess right now uh, great ways to get out and get some exercise I would like to know since we have such a wide range of fans that listen to the show uh, we have uh, men and women in their 20s all the way up to their 80s what's your favorite form of sports activity when you decide to go out and get some exercise when you put the remote down and go out and we can't watch sports anymore what do you like to do is it is it golf is it uh, pickleball is it do you go out to play tennis do you play basketball? Whatever it might be, I'd love to you go to jimmybsports.com. Uh, shoot me an email. Or let me know what that is. I'm going to take a survey just so I have a feel for um, what everyone's doing down here in, in the Tampa area. Uh, again, guys, thank you for listening to the show. We're growing every week and get some great emails. We'll get to some emails next week on the show. Uh, enjoy the Preakness if you're a horse racing fan. Um, uh not quite sure who's going to win today, but we do have a um, 
couple horses there from the Kentucky Derby, which is probably going to be one of them that was in there. Mage, I believe, is going to be the horse that comes out the winner in this one. If golf is your bag, no, we have the... Uh, PGA Championship this weekend. Scotty Scheffler is doing great after the first couple of rounds. Of course, you have Dustin Johnson lurking around. Mickelson uh, played decent in the first round, not so good in the second round, but you know he'll he'd be out there as far. I think the cut line was plus four or plus five. It looked like so an exciting weekend of sports as always. Again, thank you for listening to the show. As always, stay safe. Stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Have a great weekend.